Welcome to the Visionary Podcast. My name is Yusaki Mary. I migrated here from Albania 20 years ago. I graduated from Nottingham High School in 2017. I attended UAlbany in 2017 and majored in Homeland Security, Cybersecurity, Emergency Preparedness with a minor in Leadership. Graduated in 2021 with a 3.0 overall. And now I'm just looking for a future career. Awesome, awesome. I guess let's start with Nottingham, okay? So upbringing, we all know the importance of childhood, childhood experiences and how that shapes us and our future interests. So what do you say are like some of the main memories you have from your childhood or your experience at Nottingham growing up in um, the city, that kind of thing? Um, I would say the chaos. It was Nottingham had a lot of individuals that, you know, were, weren't how do I put it in words, that the number one priority wasn't their education at school. Lots of kids weren't financially stable. Lots of kids didn't have the focus to sit in class for six hours a day and pay full attention to what the teacher is saying. Teachers, they would give up on certain students. They would never really go that extra mile to really push them to graduation. And I get it that it takes two to tango. The, the, the kids have to put the effort in two. But sometimes it was just the odds were stacked against them. And their life and their situation really didn't help push them, but actually pulled them down. And it made it more difficult. Out of everything, though, we all got along. Like, bullying really didn't exist like that in Nottingham, believe it or not. We really didn't bully each other. Nobody got bullied. Everybody was close together, especially the students. Didn't matter who you were, where you're from, where environment you live in. Everybody was close. And it was amazing to see. It was like some kid that that's from the hood and lives in a hood that's probably in a gang, got along with everybody. Tim that lives across the street in suburbia, we were all close. And it was, it was so interesting to see that, you know, different backgrounds, but still being able to come together and communicate our thoughts and put our ideas together and create a culture that, that was diverse. It was intuitive. It was ambitious. And, it was it was it was amazing. Some of us didn't have no commonality at all. Some, you know, I I could relate a little bit with a lot of individuals, and I was I was close with everyone. I was close with everyone, my classmates, people in the hallway, people I never had a class with. Didn't matter who you were, what class you were in, like it it it, it was amazing to see because we were a unit. In some way, we were all a unit. We were all close. And oh, something that I think that put us together and related us was sports. We all played sports. And it didn't matter what background you were from, where you lived, and how much money you have, what type of clothes you wear. It just mattered about being there together, communicating, having fun. Because 
a lot of the people I went to school were were a lot of them were immigrants that migrated here like like 10, 20 years ago. So we were able that also made us able to relate to each other and have a better understanding, which is like my high school was, I would say, African-American, African, um, Asian, like Nepal. They were from Nepal, some Vietnamese. So it was it was very diverse. So that our diversity also brought us together a little bit more. So I think it was it has to do a little bit with our backgrounds, with our um, past cultures and our new cultures, um, our hobbies, our um, similarities, our likes. So that all came into play. But mainly it was I would I would say that it was. It was the will to make it. That's what brought us together, all of us, because. The first day of school at Nottingham, especially my class, class of 2017, our graduation rate at Nottingham was 50%. Wow. 50%. Yeah, that was our graduation rate. And the principal, we were all in the auditorium, and this hit me hard. He, um, he said, look at to your friend on the left and look at to your friend on the right. He said, two of them won't make it. No, no, he said, one of them won't make it. Or two of them, I don't know. Two of them or one of them won't make it, won't graduate. And that kind of hit me because I was on my left. Um, I was in the middle, but my friend was in the middle also. And in his head, I probably wouldn't make it. In my head, he probably won't make it. And it's just, it was interesting to think of it like that. Because, you know, I, I tend to surround with myself with people like-minded because, you know, I want, you know, people that can push me, they can help me and, you know, get to where I want to be and it was crazy to see that one of my friends that's a straight A student you know it could be a possibility that he might not make it because you never know what comes in life and all the situations so that that definitely played uh, a role in really pushing individuals because we had a talk about that um for like weeks past it because it was just so motivating to to like understand that there's a possibility that if you don't put the effort in and you don't put the time and really care that you might not make it and never did I have a doubt that I might not make it but the percentage was 50 percent so it was kind of confusing so but that we all got past that by my my graduation class our graduation rate went to 75 percent. that's amazing yeah you're talking about this will to make it it kind of brings up something that I've experienced just and you kind of touched on it as well you said I knew I would never be in that 50 percent you know like you kind of rose above it somehow what do you think it was for you that made you able to do that to rise above it and say okay I know myself and I have this confidence that I'm gonna make it and I know I put in the work that kind of thing like how did that when did that click for you and how did that happen see that that clicked for me because I understood how important education was I wanted to go to college and I knew that 
starting high school, that's that determines what path you're going to go to. And the effort you put into it can expand the horizon or can expand that the categories of what where you could head to, what career path you can choose. So my main motivation to never give up, to always keep going was my parents. They were really strict on me. They always forced education up on, up on us. They always told us on how important it was. They always gave us lectures on how they sacrificed um, their time, their effort to come in here for us so we can get a better education and so we can make something out of ourselves where they might not have the opportunity to do it in Europe. So they always stressed over, over that. And they always told us on how life can be harder and how technology has made us, it has made it easier for us to, to develop, to keep learning new things. And, and, you know, lots of people don't have the support system that I have and are able to be motivated the way I am through my parents and through my siblings, because, you know, sometimes, you know, a parent is not there. Sometimes they're they're gone. They passed away in jail, or maybe they're at work because they have to feed the kids and they don't have all day to be there and support them and, and tutor them when they need it because they don't have the time because they have to put food on the table. So all this stuff comes to play. There's a lot of see. I I was blessed with parents that put. Um, the effort in, into raising us. They made sure that we were financially stable. They made sure to, that we had food, clothes, notebooks, water, whatever we needed, a ride to school, whatever we needed, they made sure we had. And sometimes it's difficult for other parents to do that because their circumstances might not be the same as mine. So I would say that me knowing the type of support system I have me um, being disciplined through my parents and disciplined through myself helped me really push and motivate myself to get to where I want to be and believe that I can get there. So, and I had other people believing that I can get there too. They were believing in me. And some people don't have that. Some people just have individuals that just drag them down, that never support them. They can't even reach out for help because they have nobody to help them. I would say that my support system really gave me that, that push that I needed. What is something that kids who don't have this support system or this level of even psychological support, like in their own mind, what can they do and how can they surround themselves with people or even things like the type of music you listen to the type of shows you watch how you decide to spend your time what do you think is a good starting point for people who young people who don't necessarily might not have the best circumstances and it's important to understand when you need help and some people don't understand that they try to accomplish everything themselves. They, even when it's too hard or even sometimes when it's impossible and cause maybe it's their pride, maybe it's embarrassment. Maybe it could be, um, 
vulnerability. So I, it varies, I would say, but I would say the main thing is some of them don't reach out for help and they let it drag them down to the point where they can't get up anymore. And that's one thing I've seen throughout my high school years is they would go so deep in a hole to the point where they, they, they could not get out. They could not get out. Maybe they had a felony charge where they were going to go to jail for a year or two. If they go to jail, they're not going to be able to finish high school. They dug themselves such a big hole that they weren't going to be in it for two years. So I would say that, you know, start hanging around people with positive views, people that are a little bit more motivating, that push yourself, they, that push you, you know, people that push you. So hang around people that are better than you. Because if you hang around people that are better than you, you learn more from them than people that are worse than you. Because there's not a person that's, I, even a person like me, I really can't learn much from. Because we're similar. We have the same same type of mind, same type of thinking. So it's not much we can pick up from each other. But somebody that, say, is could be smarter than me, has... Uh, higher level of education background i i can learn a lot from them and i i choose to hang around see me personally i like to hang around older individuals like 40s 50s because their conversations i have with them i'm always learning something new because you got to remember the older they are the more experience they have at life and life is also a learning experience and this is something that individuals don't look at it like that they just think you live life no you learn throughout life on how to live and it's it's important that you understand that as early as you possibly can because and some people have don't have these conversations where somebody is telling them how you should because some of them don't have a father figure some of them don't have a mother some of them don't have either so it's really it's really hard for them to to pick up this information and take it in and put it to use because they they they've never heard of it they never seen it and they don't have people around them that can help them gain this information and actually um I wouldn't say work because some of those individuals were hard working individuals but they their circumstances drag them down if that makes any sense because of how how their situation was. Definitely, definitely. For you, can you touch a little bit on your college experience, how much teachers, professors, how they were also mentors for you? I've had a lot of professors, teachers, and advisors that really made a big impact on my life. At UA, it was amazing. I had the best experience of my life. I had one of the greatest support systems um, going there. Um, I had an advisor. His name was Patrick Romain, and he pushed me, man. He he made sure that I, like not I, but that we made it as a whole, the EOP class of 2021. He, my first year, I'll tell you about Patrick. This was my counselor. I'm a college student. 19 year old my first year i i didn't understand time management i didn't understand 
um, discipline as much as I do now. And it was hard for me because the longest I had been home from, from the longest I've been from home was two weeks. That's the longest I've ever stayed away and haven't been around my family. And I was getting so homesick. I, pu- I ended up pledging for a fraternity, not knowing I was pledging for a fraternity. I didn't know what a fraternity was. Like, I, take notice, I'm a kid from the hood. We don't, we, I never understood that, whatever that process was or what it was. I just thought it was like parties and that's it. So I ended up pledging from a fraternity. The whole process was kind of messed up because they ended up kidnapping me some way. They did, they did. But I walked myself into it. But um, so I the the fraternity really was a big distraction, big distraction. I I still wasn't established yet. I didn't understand the process as much and how to do it the right way. So it it was taking a toll on me, and it was taking a toll on my grades. So my first semester, I ended with ended it with the one eight because of all the distractions and everything that was happening around me. And I didn't know how to handle and it was too much. And I was too much freedom that I didn't understand how to manage. So next semester, my freshman year, he, he, he told me that he was going to push me a little bit. He told me that he was going to stay on me and he's going to make sure that I did what I was supposed to. So next semester, I, ended up dropping the frat. Everyone in my pledge class did not graduate. All of the majority of them fell out. And I could I could have been a part of that if I if I stayed. But I didn't stay long enough. My counselor said he was going to be on me and I I I was going to be on myself. You know, coming my first semester with the one eight, the disappointment within my parents, the amount of money I was paying for school and me not understanding time management, discipline was difficult. So my second semester, I started waking up a little bit early. I started writing a calendar. I had my calendar and I had a routine that I would keep to and stick to. And it would help me. I was, I was able to go to class on time more. I was able to be more efficient, have, um, make sure that the lecture center or the classroom had my full attention because I wasn't tired from coming home three in the morning from pledging all night so it was it was it was definitely easier my second semester and my my counselor gave me that push that he gave me that push in ways that maybe I missed class I had this algebra and calc class that I was taking and I missed I missed like two days and the only reason I missed is because I did not wake up and it you know sometimes it's hard to wake up and the third day before class, he called me on my phone and he, he and he and I didn't even know he knew that I missed class. He called me on my phone and he was like, and take notice who told him that I missed class was the professor. The professor had told him that I would miss two days of class because he probably sent out an email letting her know if, oh, if this person, this person, the professor told her and he called me before class and asked me, are you going to class this time? He was like, Isak, you're on a thin line. You're going to fall off soon if you don't get your stuff together. And because I was on academic probation, I had a one eight. So pretty much this semester and I was done. I was going to 
they terminate. So, but him going out of his way to call me and we would have meetings every two weeks. Every two weeks, we would have meetings on how I was doing academically because I have ADHD too. And I didn't know I had ADHD till I came to college because I told my um, my counselor, he pushed me into go um, seeing a psychiatrist and getting my medication and getting that figured out. He really pushed me and he, we would have meetings and we would communicate about it. But I eventually realized when I was sitting in the classroom and just twitching and just moving around and then, and just not being able to sell, why, why, why am I doing this? Like, why can I not stop? Like, why can she not have my full attention and I can zone everything out? And it was annoying. And this was something I dealt with my whole life, but not really understanding it until I got to college and gained some more information on what ADHD was and some mental. And I told him about it. And he pushed me into go seeing a psychiatrist. And I did actually have ADHD. And I got prescribed my medication. And we would have meetings on how I was doing on my medication. And I had this other, I think, linguistics professor. Um, her name was Dr. Skeeby. And, you know, I'm a kid from, from Nottingham, so I can be a little mouthy. You know, I, I, I tend to stand up to people, regardless of who you are, what your status is. I'm always tell you what I believe in. And I always, um, I, I always, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. So I would always stand up for myself. And, you know, sometimes we might, me and Dr. Skeeby might end up bu bumping heads a little bit. But I love Dr. Skeeby. Oh my God, towards the end, in the beginning, it was a little difficult, but she really motivated me and pushed the shit out of me. She, she, the essays I would give her, she would always give me such like support. And she thought she was amazed with my writing. And because, and guess what? The, the essays I was writing about was my environment and the people around me. And I talked about, um, we were literally the whole class was about unprivileged kids and minorities yeah and when i was able to write those essays and really speak from the heart it was it touched her it really touched her and she was amazed by how much i understood and i was able to take in and um see from different perspectives and to the point where she read my essay at su i'm a ua student but she had to go to su for a conference and she read my essay to su because and I was talking about Syracuse. I talked about the environment. I talked about how the environment can affect students and what ways it can affect them and how it could be hard for them. And she was just amazed to the point where, and I remember this and I remember it like yesterday because we were having a meeting with my counselor because we had one every like two or three weeks because we just talked and he invited Dr. Skeeby to talk about me right in front of me. And Dr. Skeeby just said oh i'm doing good uh, she said i'm really doing good just that and she looked at me and she was like how you and analyze stuff how i analyze stuff is genius and and take take notice this is a doctor you know she has doctor status and everything so that 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 really motivated me it it gave me a little push i'm like oh she called me a genius <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely approaching it from a growth perspective rather than mm -hmm. those professors can easily switch to shaming that kind mm -hmm. of putting you yeah. down blessed that you found those two people right who were super influential in your life all right so i'm gonna have you if you don't mind close your eyes and 
visualize where were you five years ago in your life? I was nowhere. I didn't have the experiences that I have now. I don't have the, I didn't have the communication skills that I have now. I didn't have the knowledge. I didn't have um, the intuitive. I didn't have the ambition. I didn't have, I didn't have any of this majority of the stuff that I have today. I, I developed through, through my four year education because it helped me so much grow. It helped me grow. It helped me really understand how people think and different backgrounds and why people think like that. And the, the, the best way to do things like there's never a best way, but you were able to pick up new things from other individuals because I like to replicate. So if I see something that I like and I want to do it, I try to Im Im imitate the person that's doing it already. So I try to make it exactly the same way on how they're doing it. And then once I get good at it, I change it and make it easier for myself so I can make it my way. So, cause I understand it. So I learned, I'm a, I, I learned through seeing. Now let's take a minute to um, acknowledge that you have grown so much. You've created this support network. You've overcome your circumstances, overcome so much adversity, have all of these experiences under your belt. How do you envision your life in five years? That's a good question. Um, I think in five years, I'm going to accomplish what I wanted to accomplish. And pretty much, I believe that I can do whatever I set my mind to. And it's just going to take hard work and practice. And that's all it is in life. You know, with, that's what everything would like. I'm a motivated individual. And I learned on how to stay motivated and how to stay disciplined and how to um, manage my time. And I think, I don't know, because I want to say I might be a cop. I, I might. You know, because I think throughout this, this, my education and my experiences and my internship, I learned that, you know, desk jobs really don't resonate well with me, if that makes sense. I don't like to sit around on a computer all day. And I mean, if I have to, I will. If that's my paycheck, I'm going to do it. But I like to be up and about. I'm an adrenaline junkie. So, you know, being a cop, I feel like it, it's something new every single day. Um, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a great experience. It's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be scary. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be fun. It's it's it all comes, and that's something that I think would will be more than just a paycheck to me. I think it'll be um, something greater that I'm a part of. Uh, something where I can make a difference. So in five years, I think I'm gonna make a difference within my life, within my family's life and with the people around me. Awesome. Okay, so quick hitter. You have to answer this question in one sentence or one word if you can. Okay. What habit gives you the most momentum toward achieving your goals and getting into that creative motivational zone on the daily? Confidence. And so how do you practice the habit of confidence? Because it's kind of interesting to me. How I practice is always believing. I don't talk down on myself. I, and I'm around individuals that don't talk down on myself. I got friends that I probably beat one-on-one -on -one basketball probably a thousand times. <laughs> Till this day, they, they, in their head, and they truly believe that they're better. 
and I respect it and I love it. Like they, I love that confidence. Like they still believe it. They still believe they're better and they can do it. And eventually they can get better because of their beliefs. You know, they're not dragging themselves down. They're, they're not, I mean, sometimes it's good to be real with yourself, depending on situations should always be real with yourself, but confidence is important. Hope, hope is also important. But confidence and believing it, believing yourself that you can do it. You can do it. If they can do it, you can do it. And that's the type of belief I have is if you can do it, I can do it. And I look at it like this. Some people have have had more experience or maybe they're born into it. So it's it could be easier for them. It flows easier for them. They understand it better. But I believe that I can build that understanding and I can build that flow through hard work, motivation because of my confidence. I really have a, I have a lot of belief in myself. What is one thing you'd like to leave our listeners with today in terms of advice, motivation? You are who you want to be. Simple. I, I look at you can be who you want to be. You just have to get up and do it. Life is simple. If you're just sitting there just thinking, oh, I want to do this or, and do it and not taking any actions, just talking about it, it's not going to happen. But Take action. So that's one thing I'm gonna I'm gonna say. That's what I'm stick with is take action to what you want to do. Don't believe you can't do it. And maybe, maybe it's not possible. Maybe it's a little bit too hard. Maybe you're not ready. But still put that effort in to doing it and let 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 yourself figure out that through failure. And fl- failure is not bad. It's not bad because it's a learning experience. You can pick up on what you did wrong. If you don't learn from failure, then you did it wrong. Because you learn more from failure than you do from doing it right. Because if you did something wrong, that means you still have a little bit more learning to do. That You lack some information. But if you're doing it right, you lack no information. You know what you're doing. So failure is not always a bad thing. Failure can be used as motivation. And it can be used as information. So moral of the story is always take action on what you want to do and where you want to be. You can do it. It's possible. Don't let people, small-minded people say it's impossible. You can't do it. It's too hard for you. You're, you don't have the fine. You're not financially stable to do that. Or you, you, you don't have the motivation. You don't have the worth ethic feed off of that. See me, I personally feed off of that. So let, and some people can break down and believe that, but don't believe that, you know, in your head, say you're going to prove them wrong. Always think you're going to prove people wrong. And, and, and you will eventually prove them wrong because of your motivation, your confidence. And, and, and failure. Failure is not always a bad thing. It's not always a bad thing. Take action. Take action. Thank you so much, Isaac. That's all for today. And I'll leave you with this. If you can see it, you can be it. And remember, it all starts with you.